this sermon, and actually it's going to be a three-week sermon, we'll finish it next week, uh, entitled The Ministry of Grace. We talked two weeks ago about the this one concept, and that is looking at grace. And in particular, and if you look in your notes, you'll see it there already filled out, we we talked about two things under that, and one of them was that we are we're covered by by grace. God's grace covers us, and uh, and and in what in essence, what we we're talking about at looking at grace is that that God covers us with His grace, and that's the traditional way that we think of grace, and that's fine, and we should. When when you read about grace or Scripture, when you talk about it, when you hear a song talk about grace. That's the natural direction for us to go is, yeah, God has given me grace. God covers me with grace. It's something he does for me. It's something that he offers me. Uh, and, and it's a right way to look, uh, look at that. But we did point out that even though we know that, even though that's kind of right at the, the top of our understanding, is we still sometimes struggle to grasp this idea, this concept for ourselves. We struggle to believe that God's grace covers us. God's grace can cover you. God's grace is good enough for you, but we struggle to, to believe that it can cover us. It, 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 uh, it's a truth that we sometimes worry about. It, does God's grace cover my sin? Because I've messed up. I've made mistakes. And, and you don't know the sin that I have in my, in my life. Uh, now, I don't want to re-preach the idea if you want to if you want to hear the sermon, you can go back on our website and look at it. But but let me let me suffice it to say to to kind of wrap that whole concept, that whole idea up with this thought. I have a friend of mine named Stan that shared this with me one time. This is what he said. He said, "Satan, Satan knows your sin, or knows your name, but calls you by your sin." And isn't that what Satan does? Isn't that why we struggle with understanding that God's grace covers us? Because we know what we've done, and Satan reminds us of our failures. Our our shortcomings and our weaknesses. He reminds us of our sin. So Satan knows our name but calls us by our sin. Jesus knows your sin but calls you by your name. That, in essence, is what grace is. Jesus knows our failures, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, and our sin, and he still covers us with his grace. We also look at the second thought that God's grace not only covers us, but it completes us. When when we understand that we have grace, when we understand that God's grace uh, falls on us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, it completes us then to become, and it's what we've been talking about or talking about today and next week, it, it completes us then to become ministers of grace. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. We're just going to look at a couple verses there. Uh, and, and it reminds us and tells us of the fact that we are ministers of grace. And I'm going to, I'm not going to read the whole section. I'm just going to start in verse 10 and just read a couple verses there, 10 and 11. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, it should be, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So today we're going to look at, last time we looked, uh, we looked at this idea of looking at grace. We're going to look today at looking for grace. God's grace covers us. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter how far away from God we've walked. It doesn't matter if you have secret sin, sin that no one else knows about, your wife, your husband, your best friend, your church. They may not know about it, but 
but grace covers us. And Jesus came to cast that sin as far as the east is from the west, and he's willing to take the punishment for that grace, thus the cross, but he's also willing to cleanse us from that sin and give us victory over the pain, the guilt, the shame. And since that happens, since we are covered by that grace, then we become ministers of grace. Let me let me illustrate it uh, uh, this way. Let me let me talk about it this way. I hope you realize. I hope this is. If, if you catch nothing else, take this idea, this thought home with you today. That you are called to be ministers. That that each one of us, according to uh, according to this verse, verse ten, where it says that we are to faithfully administer God's grace or faithfully be ministers of God's grace. Do you realize that we are called? to be ministers. So so catch this idea that today from God's word that today he is ordaining you, he is ordaining all of us to be ministers. Now you got that? God is ordaining you to be a minister. That's a cool idea. So some of you when you get home today, call your moms up and say, "Mom, you're not going to believe this, but I'm a minister. I got ordained today." And 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 then hear you know a thump on the floor as your mom passes out or, or when you go to work tomorrow and, and one of your coworkers says, hey, what would you guys do over the weekend? This is what you can say. I got ordained. I'm a minister now. You, you, you need some counseling? Give me a call. Weddings, funerals, I'm your man. You, you can let them know that, that you are a minister. And you might even try this. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't do this, but, but I had a good friend of mine. My roommate in college did this. You know, there's some places that give ministers discounts. There's not as, I don't think as many now as there used to be, but, but there used to be restaurants and some stores that would give you a, a discount if you were a minister. And my friend Dan would go wherever he went, he would ask. I mean, he'd go to McDonald's. Hey, do you guys give a minister's discount? Now, I never did that, but if I was with Dan and they said yes, I'd like, yeah, I'm a minister too, but, but so do that today when you go leave for church, when you go over to Chatters, just when the waitress brings the bill, just, hey, do, do you guys give a minister's discount? Cause I'm a minister. I'm a minister. Catch that eye. Now, now, maybe we're missing the point just a little bit, but we are called into the ministry of grace. In church, we need to be looking for that grace. And one of the first things we need to do, or one of the easiest ways to get an idea or concept of what that looks like, is to look for grace where, where it should be seen easily and often. Look for grace in the church. So, so as a, a practical exercise, look in the church for grace. If you have your Bibles, uh, flip over with me to Matthew chapter 12. Keep, uh, keep first Peter open there, uh, if you will. But Matthew chapter 12, uh, starts with verse 41. It tells the story of Jesus. You're, you're familiar with this story, I'm sure. And in fact, there's, this story teaches a, a bunch of different lessons. Um, and we're going to look at one of those today. It says, Jesus, verse 41, sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. He was, in the temple, he was in, uh, it, it was actually called the court of women because that's where, where the women were allowed to go, uh, and that's where the offering plates were. Um, he was set down off the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more to the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, she put in everything she had to live on. What what Jesus did there was walk into the temple, and he sat down, 
and he looked. And you know what he saw? He saw grace. Now, now this is kind of what it would look like. In the, in the temple court there, there were 13 receptacles. The receptacles were, were wooden boxes, and attached to the wooden box was a, was a, a trumpet, a brass trumpet type, uh, uh, deal that, that was inverted. So the bell was up at the top. So, so people would come in and they would drop their, either their temple tax. The temple tax was half of, of, of a shekel, um, which is about two days, uh, wages. You might remember back in Matthew 17, where, uh, Jesus had Peter catch a fish and open his mouth and there was a shekel coin. And he said, go pay the tax for you and me. So half a shekel paid for one, a shekel paid for two. And, and so they would put the, the temple tax in some of the receptacles and the other receptacles were just for, for offering. So you would come in and, and you would, would place your offering in the church. And it probably looked a little bit like this. So, so those of you that I've asked, you come up and kind of illustrate, if you will, for, for the church. Um, come on, guys, come on. Yeah. Illustrate for us kind of what it might look like and what it might sound like. And I've lost my last one. Where's my last guy? Oh, there he is. I didn't see him. He was waiting. My bad. Now, the scripture doesn't say this. <laughs> scripture doesn't say uh, that Jesus asked his followers what they noticed. But, but if he, if it did, if Jesus had done this, if after that event Jesus had said, hey guys, cause it said he sat down and watched. If he, Jesus had said, hey, what did you see there? What, what did you notice? What, go ahead and answer. What do you think they would have said? What do you think the disciples would have said after Jesus asked him, what'd you see? Anyone? Anyone? Come on. Say what? They would have noticed AO put a lot of money in. Now, someone would have been like me, and they're like, oh, I I wasn't really paying attention, Jesus. (laughs) I was kind of daydreaming there. But but you know who they would have noticed? They might have noticed Corey, who put a little bit more than the others, but they certainly they would have said, "Hey, did you see those rich guys putting money now?" And and again, it was a a brass bell shaped deal, and and I imagine they walked up and clanged it in there, so it made a, a resounding noise as they dropped their coins in. Jesus would have said, "Hey," or they would have said to Jesus, "Hey, we we noticed that." See, it's easy for us to get distracted by things that don't matter, but Jesus sat down and watched. And he saw grace. Church, 
what we need to, to do if we're going to be ministers of grace. You're, you're, you're ministers now. If you're going to be ministers of grace, what you need to do is start looking for grace. But if we do that, it's going to take a plan. Uh, we need to be just like Jesus and, and occasionally sit and just watch. Sit and watch if we don't see grace. Uh, I mentioned this uh, in a prayer request uh, last last week, but uh, two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, our ex, my ex uh, 242 group went to Children's Mercy, and we got to serve in the Ronald McDonald room in in Children's Mercy Hospital. And you're probably going to find this is a little bit shocking, but 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 you know what I did while we were there? Nothing. I know that's a shock. I well, that's totally not, not totally true. I did go get ice. Uh, uh, Heath and I went downstairs and got ice, uh, and and actually I did something. And you're gonna again, you're gonna find this a little bit shocking. I I talked when people came in. I I joked with them and kidded with them. In fact, a couple of times some of the ladies said, "Tim, stop it! You know, you're talking too much." But 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 I did one other thing. I acted like Jesus. Now before you get too excited, there I watched, and and. You, you know what I what I did? I I saw acts of grace on the way home. Uh, we got in the car. Maggie and Rachel Reed and I were leaving the hospital, and one of them made a comment about, "Man, that was a lot of fun. That really felt good doing that." And and, and we all agreed, and and it certainly did. But you you know what moved me the most was watching our people. Was was watching Bobby who had had cooked cooked uh, had smoked thirty five pounds of pork. Um, uh, Sitting over the roaster and sandwich after sandwich, uh, putting the meat on and smiling at the people and encouraging them. And uh, we thought he was going to take home half a roaster of pork and we had a baggie full left over, which was upset me because I wanted one of those sandwiches. And, and I thought it'd been rude if I'd ate all that and no one else got a sandwich. So I, uh, I held myself, but, but just watching him just greet people and, and put meat on a sandwich and, and watching Heath Wettstein and Jason. And, and they really didn't do much, uh, but, but they filled drinks. They filled lemonade and water. And as people walked by, it was real simple. Just, hey, can, you want some lemonade? You want some water? And, and if a family had a bunch of kids, they'd grab them and take them over and set it down with them and just speak to them and encourage them to watch our ladies wrap up the desserts and help them if, if they were going back to the room, get everything organized so they could get get it all there and get back to the room without dropping. Just, Just watching them. Do small things of grace. See, grace is a ministry that that we can offer, and if we open our eyes, it's going to take it's going to take a plan. We have to decide that's what we're going to do. Is man, can I see grace? And, and when we see grace, it, it it opens up for us myriads of opportunities then for us to show grace. Let me let me just throw you throw out a couple more. It, it, it's like this. I saw this a couple weeks ago, uh, Rachel. Peyton, I'm going to mention her twice today. Rachel uh, was in the nursery last or uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is great, uh, and that's a great way to show grace. If you want to, if you want a ministry of grace, sign up. Katie, uh, Katie will take volunteers. Uh, we'll be glad to have you. In fact, let me just stop there for a second. We really do need nursery people because we got a bunch of nursery kids, and sometimes we only have one person. So, hey, you you're looking for somewhere to be a minister of grace. Katie's your, your lady. Go talk to her. But, but Rachel was in the nursery a couple weeks ago and she left church and I was just walking out of the door and she comes flying back in, runs downstairs and comes out of the church with a dirty diaper in her hand. I'm like, you, you were worried about tomatoes. I'm worried like I, 
I didn't like that sermon. You preached too long. Or, but, but she said, hey, I forgot to take that. I didn't want to leave that in the nursery all week. You know, it might smell up the nursery. Man, that's, isn't that an act of grace? Grace is a couple weeks ago, Tom Speaks driving over and picking up Jim Pickerel to take to Haven House because Jim's not able to drive for a while. Picking him up and taking him over to, to serve. That's an act of grace. An act of grace is a couple weeks ago, Jason Drury uh, getting up here and leading worship when he only knew two familiar faces out there, but yet walking up and saying, okay, I'll, uh, I'll do it because I have the talent. That's, that's an act of grace. An act of grace, that's Chad, as was mentioned last week, sitting at a campfire listening to a teenage boy talk. That's an act of grace. An act of grace, a ministry of grace is Robin Johnson. Well, I really couldn't think of one thing for Robin because there's like 10 or 12 that she does. If, if you want to see what grace looks like, just kind of follow Robin around and you'll see her uh, doing that type of stuff. And I know what you're thinking, what you're, what you're saying, or at least I assume what you're saying is, well, that's all little stuff. It's all just small stuff. But what did Jesus do? He sat down and he watched. And what did he notice? He noticed a lady coming up with a couple coins that were, were a fraction of a penny and dropping them in. But it was all that she had. See, there are opportunities around us. They abound if we'll just open our eyes and realize that we are ministers of grace. Realize that we are ministers of uh, of grace and put that into our, our, our lives. Look back with me in First uh, Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 10, one more time. It says there, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. So we're, we're to look at our gifts. And, that, and that's one of the problems that we have is, is sometimes we think, well, what's my gift? And we get all concerned about what our, our gift is. And, and he simply says, well, whatever your gift is, use it to, to serve faithfully administering, faithfully being a minister of God's grace in its various forms. There's lots of different ways. Now notice what he says next, or, or really what I want you to notice is what he doesn't say as well. Verse 11. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. Notice that when he comes to the list of gifts, he didn't, he didn't have this great big old list that we sometimes try to figure out, well, you know, where's God gifted me specifically so I know exactly what I need to do. Notice that he talks about just two things. First of all, he talks about speaking. Let me ask a question by, by just show of hands. How many of you can talk? I don't mean up in front. Just, I mean, you can talk. You've probably been whispering during the sermon. You know, I saw you. I saw you guys talking during the sermon, asking about lunch and, and, and that kind of stuff. But, uh, but, but if you can speak according to this scripture, you've just found your gift. Wow. You don't have to read a book about it. You don't have to do a Bible study. Those are fine. But, but you just figured out what your gift is. My gift is I can speak. How many of you can serve? How many of you? Just show of hands could actually do something for someone else. Any of you could do something, boom, you just figured out what your gift was. We can actually, we can actually use that as our gift. We can talk, we can serve. Man, we've got gifts. But it takes a plan. We've got to, we've got to open up our eyes and, and, and as Jesus did, sit down and look for grace. So we see those opportunities, see what's happening so we understand what we can do. And then finally, it takes it takes a purpose. We have to decide that we're going to do it in my, in our life. I hope you under I hope you understand what I'm talking about here. What what would happen? 
What would happen, church, if, if we decided that every Sunday we were going to come? And it doesn't have to just be Sundays, but let's start small. What, what would happen if every Sunday we walked in this building and we decided, we, we took it on that we were going to be a minister? You walked in and like, I'm going to be a minister today. I'm going to find someone and I'm going to speak some truth into their life. Speaking like, like I'm speaking for God. I'm going to offer some encouragement. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to, I'm going to speak something to them. Make a difference. Let me let me give you an example. Uh, my wife, and probably most of the other wives here too, guys. You're probably in the same boat that I'm on, on this. But my wife loves it when people notice when she gets her hair cut, or gets it uh, fixed, or changes something, or gets it done. You know, you, you understand that, right? One of the reasons she loves that is because when people notice that is because oftentimes I don't. I mean, she'll she'll come in and you know, kind of just stand there and look at me, and then you know, flip a little hair. You know, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing that right. But so, so when she comes in and, and someone says, hey, did you, did you get your hair cut? Are you doing your bangs different? Or, or someone noticed the, her outfit. And, and it's true, like I said, for, for a lot of us here. Hey, that, that, have you lost some weight? Did you get new glasses? When, when you notice some small things and just offer some encouragement. Now, now guys, I don't know what we're going to do because we really – it probably is inappropriate for us to go to someone else's wife and say, wow, that's, that's really slimming. You look really good. You know, there, there's a line there. I'm not really sure where that is. I probably have crossed it, so I tried to just stay on this side and not notice anything. Uh, but and, and I'm a little concerned, too. Like if if Gary went up to Jason and said, Jason, did you trim your beard? It looks really good. A little grease and formula. You know, I, I, guys, we're, we're, we struggle with that just a little bit, but. But speaking truth into someone's life, or, or guys, maybe, maybe this is what we can notice as well. Because we know when it happens, when someone's going through a hard time and struggling. Or, or maybe we can just put it on their face and, and pick it up from the body language and, and just letting them know and, and sauntering up to them and just saying these powerful words. I, I've been praying for you this week. And if you've been in that boat where, where you needed it and someone has told you that, you know exactly how strengthening, how encouraging, how powerful that is. Church, what would happen if we, if we saw ourselves as ministers and realized that we could impart grace by, by simply speaking? That's what it says here. Hey, if you can speak, speak like you're talking for God. If you can serve, serve with His power. What would happen in the church if, if we took seriously this command to be ministers? Because what would happen then is we would start to see it in the world as well. See, if we look for grace in the church and practice it as ministers of grace, then then when we step out of these walls, when we step into the world, we're going to see even more opportunities to be ministers. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, next week as we as we flesh this out and look for a pathway. But how can I be a minister of grace? If you have your your Bible, flip over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, probably one of my favorite chapters in, in all the New Testament, and, and verse 10 of chapter 2 is probably my favorite verse, and I've, I don't know how many times I've used it in sermons, but 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 read with me and follow along there in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Now, this is kind of what we were talking about last week when, when we look at grace. Uh, verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one no one can boast. So, so that's what 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 looking at grace 
is, uh, is realizing that we are covered by grace. God's grace covers us completely and, 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 it, and it completes us. But notice what he tacks onto that. Notice what verse 10 says. Right after he says, hey, you're covered by grace. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, no, no matter, no, no matter your past, I can cover you. We, we can't do enough good to earn grace, but we can't do enough bad stuff to not be covered by it. But look at verse 10. What's he say there? For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, so then he's calling us to understand we're covered by grace. But because we are, he's already planned out things for us to do to be ministers of grace. What would happen, church, if we started here in the, in the church? We started in the church being ministers of grace. If we started in the church looking for those small things, like Jesus did, a woman putting a couple coins in. What if we look for those small things and let them get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger? Philip Yancey, in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, tells this story. He said he has a friend that has a ministry in, in downtown Chicago. It's a ministry that reaches out to the, the less fortunate, the homeless, the ones struggling. They provide hot meals and, and provide food that they can give families and and, and, and hook them up with necessary services and blankets and clothes and all sorts of things. And his friend was telling the story one day of meeting this lady. She walked in and she needed food. That was her story. I need food for my family. We don't have anything. I've got two small kids and I don't have anything in the cupboard at home. And, and, and so Yancey's friend was hooking her up with some food and just began to talk to her and speak some truth into her and encourage her. And, and, and she began to tell her story. And she said, I didn't, I didn't plan on being like this. My life, this wasn't my goal to end up having to beg for food, but, but I made some bad choices. I started off, it started off with just recreational use of drugs and then it got a hold of me and I lost control and, and, and I found myself living each day to find the next high. And then I found myself doing things I never thought I would do so that I could afford to buy the next high. As, as she continued to talk, then I had a couple kids and I, I straightened my life up for a little while, but, but the call of the streets came back and, and I hit some hard times and I found myself selling my body once again and, and looking for that next high. Man, I am struggling. Yancey's friend looked at her and he said, just kind of very, very casually, very, very openly to her, said, well, ma'am, have you ever, have you ever thought about going to a church to find some help? Have you ever thought about, it? and his thought was, man, that you can find someone to walk with you and support you and encourage you. And he said the whole time she had been talking, she had kind of had her head down almost in shame and, 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 and afraid to look at him or unable to look at him. But when, when he said, have you ever thought about going to church? She said her head snapped up and she looked him square in the eyes. She said, church, why would I go to a church? She said, I already feel bad enough about what I've done in my life. They would only make me feel worse. Yancey goes on to says this in his book, in my experience, rejoicing and gladness are not the first images that come to mind when people think of the church. But oh, shouldn't it be? And couldn't it be? If we would only look at grace that covers us and look for grace in the church and take serious the challenge to be ministers of grace. Will you bow with me? Father, You've called us to minister. You've called us to be your agents of grace. You've covered us. And that, <laughs> Father, that's so amazing. Uh, but you also complete us to become the people that then offer and give grace. Lord, help us see those opportunities.
Help this church be a church that is full of grace. When someone walks in, they find the love and the forgiveness of you. Father, we thank you this morning that your grace covers us. Lord, help us be your ministers. In Jesus' name.